Let's get down to business. Welcome to Profits and Purpose, a Colorado Business Roundtable production that unapologetically tells the story that business is good through conversations with Colorado's business leaders. Please welcome your host, the president of the Colorado Business Roundtable, Debbie Brown. Hey, thanks for joining us today for Colorado Business Roundtable's podcast, Profits and Purpose. And today we're welcoming Dave Eddy, who's the Colorado Site Director for Boeing. Welcome, Dave. Thank you. Great to be here, Debbie. Great, great to have you on. Uh, you also serve as the board chair for Colorado Business Roundtable, so we work closely together on Cobert's mission. And it's fun to have you on to tell me a little bit more about you and Boeing today. You bet. So I think first and foremost, the Cobart aspect of it is been one that has taken, I'll say, you know, leaps and bounds within the state. A lot of that due to, you know, the work that you've done here this year. Uh, but my, you know, going back to the beginning, the introduction, um, that Jeff Wasden and I had, um, was really more of a social one. As we kept running into each other in various forums and, and, uh, dinners and lunches and that type of thing, we began to have a discussion about the business roundtable. And he explained to me the role and that he thought, you know, Boeing would be a good fit from the standpoint of the way I saw Cobert and the, and the, the things that they were focused on. And I, like I said, it's even been more better run, better managed this year is that it's really a non-political, non-partisan type of organization, which uh, not only appealed to me personally, because I'm not, I'm not a politician. I'm not a lobbyist. I, I've never had any sort of uh, <laughs> desire to go down that path. We're not, we're not going to run you for office anytime soon, Dave. No, no. And then again, once I saw the other members within Cobart, there's just so much experience. There's so much leadership. There's so much wisdom. Uh, we just have not only a great executive committee, but we have a great board that continues to grow, you know, almost on a weekly basis. And so that aspect of it, I think, is what really drew me in and wanted me to participate, or I should say Jeff wanted me to participate. And so I was able to leverage some of my um, connections within the aerospace industry and um, then just jump in with both feet to uh, become part of the the yearly activities that Cobart was sponsoring and that they were behind. And so that, that that's what I think really drew me to Cobart. Well, and it's no surprise, you know, I, I think about uh, Jeff's leadership and really, you know, people who say he's he's at everything. So it's interesting that you say, I just kept running into Jeff Wasden. Uh, you know, I think he has a twin or a triplet or something because he really has this ability to show up in many places at once. And you, like you said, you were on the ground floor of Cobert and we're continuing to grow and continuing to expand our impact now with new board members. And it's kind of an exciting time. Appreciate that you felt compelled to get involved through Boeing. And that's been um, really critical for our growth, for sure. But want to back up. Tell me more about how you uh, tell me more about your journey, your professional journey, you know, starting at Boeing. What brought you into aerospace and how did you end up here? A long, long time ago. Uh, we don't have that much time. You give me the I short I think it's going on 34 years now. But uh, I started out in Huntington Beach, actually, for McDonnell Douglas. And my first job that I 
accepted for that company was to be what was called a liaison engineer. And, and essentially because of the manufacturing that McDonnell Douglas was doing there in the uh, Delta rocket, uh, along with some printed wiring boards and some uh, other electronics type of thing, there are many times that those parts would fail and they would have to be dispositioned on whether we could actually repair them, we could use them as is, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And so uh, that was kind of my entry into the aerospace world. I, I really didn't know, I think, um, all the multifacets that uh, existed within the aerospace industry. At that time, McDonnell Douglas was also an airplane builder in Long Beach. Uh, but soon after that, Boeing merged with McDonnell Douglas and uh, I was able to kind of changed my direction and got an opportunity to go work on a proprietary program that required security clearances. And so that was a whole new uh, dynamic and, and exciting aspect that you really don't understand until you're within a program like that. You have your clearances and then you run into that barrier with all your family and friends where you can't tell them about anything that you're doing. <laughs> that was going to be my next question. Tell us all the secrets. Yes. It takes a certain kind of individual. And I, as I've, you know, continued to support those type of programs throughout my career, it really has manifested itself as I uh, moved up in leadership positions and now hire those individuals. And so not being able to tell your spouse and your kids um, and your neighbors what you do or, or many times where you go can be a difficult, difficult to deal with. Um, but anyway, I, I enjoyed it. Once we had finished out with that particular program, it ended and, and then came another decision point in my career. So essentially they said you could go back and support uh, a rocket program. Um, and at that point, I was really enamored with satellites and all the different things that go on with uh, producing and launching and flying those. And so I had an opportunity since I'd made a lot of friends at the Lockheed company over in Waterton to really have my first foray into Colorado. And so way back in 19, gosh, probably 1993, um, I decided that I didn't want to go work on rockets. I wanted to go work on satellites. And so Lockheed Martin offered me a job and I moved out to Highlands Ranch. Now that Highlands Ranch was 30,000 people at that time. <laughs> It's going to say um, Ranch in 1993. Yeah, 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 crazy. Especially now that, you know, contrast that now that I moved back out here a number of years ago. So anyway, uh, trying to keep this succinct. So I, I was fat, dumb, and happy. I moved my family out of California. Uh, I was really happy to not have to raise kids in that Southern California environment. And lo and behold, three years later, my old boss called me and said, you have to come back. And I said, I'm not coming back. He says, no, you have to come back. So anyway, we ended up negotiating and it ended up to my benefit and subsequently had that difficult conversation with the wife and kids to head back to California. So I went back there for uh, about another 13 or 14 years and then had an opportunity to support a, a GPS proposal out here with the Raytheon company in, in Aurora. I was still working for Boeing, but we were a partner with theirs. And they said, well, why don't you come out by yourself, support the proposal for a year, and then we'll see what happens. Well, we support. I supported the program or the proposal. We won. 
and they asked me to come out here and, and run the program. And so that was in 2010. So once again, I moved the family out to Colorado, moved out to a little place called Elizabeth that I never knew it existed. And, uh, you know, just have kind of really been enjoying the Colorado lifestyle, the Colorado speed limit of life, as I like to see call it, is more like 55 miles an hour. It's not 80 miles an hour like it is in California. Um, so it's really been uh, a great change for me, the family. And again, it's allowed me opportunities to grow here in Colorado. So the final piece of my career is as I moved into additional leadership assignments here, um, my boss decided that he was going to retire and he was the site director for all the facilities here in Colorado. And so he kind of mentored me and, and set me up to be his uh, replacement. So about six years ago, uh, I started getting introduced to board assignments, the Denver Metro Chamber, Aurora Economic Development Council, Colorado Succeeds. Soon after that, obviously ran into Jeff Watson. So probably a lot more than you wanted to <laughs> hear about my journey, but uh, well, it's really be been an amazing, uh, never getting pigeonholed, being able to get up every morning and be excited about going to work. I think that's great, Dave. I, there's, there might be some folks listening who are interested in STEM fields and they might think, okay, they don't have to be, you know, perhaps in the same lane their whole career, but can have some of that variety. That's really, really interesting. So what you've leaped into as well, not only your career with Boeing, but also the community, as you mentioned. And we talked a little bit about Cobert, but I know one of your passions as far as giving back in the community really is education. Tell me more about that and why that became so important to you. I heard a career described in three phases. The first part of your career, you learn. In the middle of the career, you earn. And in the last portion of your career, you return. And so I'm really at the phase of my career now where I was looking for opportunities to give back. Being in a company of engineers, STEM was always something that, that I was looking to get kids excited about in the state of Colorado predominantly in the K through 12, not only to build a talent pipeline for Boeing, but, you know, uh, aerospace companies here in Colorado, you know, we're the number one state per capita in aerospace, uh, provides an outstanding living wage for these people. And, and, and it's exciting. But as I looked into that, I really had a change of heart when I um, started looking at the data that that showed only about 55% of uh, high school graduates in the state of Colorado go on to any sort of post-secondary education. In that state. just, it, it's, it really set me back. And to me, when I looked again a little deeper, it showed me that the curriculum in the high schools at this point was predominantly college prep. And, and we had, as a society, uh, kind of sold everybody on the idea that if you go to college, you're going to get a degree and have um, a great job. And, and we all know that's not true anymore. You can get a four-year degree and you can end up with $100,000 in college debt and get out of college and not be able to find a job. And then conversely, there are other jobs, especially in the software industry, um, cybersecurity that don't require a degree and they provide a great living wage. So anyway, I started focusing on programs and organizations that were really trying to to make transformational change in the curriculum on K through 12. And and with Colorado Succeeds, I've been able to to really grab onto some of the initiatives that they have found 
organizations like the Walton Foundation, the Gill Foundation, these philanthropic companies that, that really are looking to put money uh, and give back in transformational change. And so I've kind of jumped in there with both feet. Yeah. And that's actually a really good fit because Cobert coordinates pretty regularly with Colorado Succeed. Scott LeBand is an incredible ally. We couldn't have a better person than Scott LeBand leading some of that effort, particularly around education reform and innovation. Absolutely. And and again, that organization also has a policy organization or policy group. And and to me, that's great. I'm, I'm glad that they're out making suggestions and getting laws passed that benefit education in Colorado. But my niche was kind of on the other side of, of working with actual schools and school districts. And again, Cobarts allowed me to uh, expand my network, be able to, to talk to other, uh, not le- not only leaders in aerospace, but in the healthcare industry, in insurance, in banking, you know, finance, Excel Energy, you know, just a whole variety. And, and that's another part that's just a huge, I think, benefit about Cobart is the diversity of the uh, group that they have. Mm-hmm, absolutely. So Dave, tell me more about Boeing. We, As you know, Cobert focuses on public policy that affects employers like Boeing. We've got a lot of partners. What are some of the biggest challenges for Boeing right now, whether company-wide or here in Colorado? So we have three pillars that we focus on uh, that have various aspects of a lot of stuff that you just talked about within Cobart. So there is a policy aspect of it. You know, the family leave bill was something that, that was, uh, would have impacted us fairly drastically if it would have uh, been manifest in a different direction here in Colorado. Um, but our, our three pillars are really STEM, which I've already talked about. And then we have our veterans. So clearly here in the state of Colorado, veterans are a big deal. We have, um, you know, Buckley, Peterson, Shriver, Fort Carson. So there's just a huge amount of war fighters and, and individuals that are eventually, you know, get out of the military. And so um, we look to focus on programs that will help them reintegrate into the workforce. Uh, obviously, we like to hire, uh, especially those down in the Colorado Springs area that come with clearances that I've already talked about. And then the final piece, which is really gets to manifest itself here, is 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 our focus on the environment. And we all know that the environment is a huge deal in Colorado. So whether it's the traffic or air quality or water, you know, many other places around the United States and the world, from Boeing perspective, in the environment really isn't a, a a major effort. Uh, I know in California, it doesn't get a whole lot of conversation. Um, but here in Colorado, um, again, with the network that Cobart provides, it's it's great for me to see what other companies in the state are doing in those particular areas to be able to bounce ideas off other leaders uh, here in the state. And so, you know, just another added benefit that allows me to take uh, any of the resources that I may have and, and apply them towards STEM or the veterans or our environment here in Colorado. Well said. I think um, all those pillars sound amazing for Boeing, and it's nice to add that amplification through Colorado Business Roundtable, definitely. So Dave, thanks so much for joining us today. It was fun to hear a little bit more about your professional career and your journey and how you ended up back in Colorado, which is wonderful, and how you're leaning into all your 
impact on a, from a community standpoint. Any last words for, for the people who might be listening in today, either about you and your priorities or um, what you want to share with them about Colorado Business Roundtable? I guess the only thing that, that really comes to mind and maybe this time of year amplifies it is that with everything that's happened this year, COVID and and whatever the new normal ends up being once we get a vaccine, um, I think we have seen across the state and across the nation in, in many cases, um, the ability for businesses, both small and large, to be agile and to be able to quickly change and adapt to huge uh, disruptions. And so I, I think Cobart, again, is, is such a diverse set of businesses and leaders that the human capital or the intellectual capital, that's probably a better way to phrase it, is so deep and so um, wide that very few other organizations, I think, um, that an individual could come and join uh, would provide them the ability to talk and, and network and, and see what's going on within the state of Colorado across, again, a very diverse group of businesses and leaders. So it, it's just been a, a great year since your edition. We have huge momentum going into 2021. We have great new board members. And so I, I'm really excited as I finish out my chairmanship next year to see what we're going to be able to do, hopefully getting back to face-to-face uh, events and being able to to hold those and and see their people's faces versus, the, you know, the Zoom option. So yeah. uh, very thankful to be a member of Cobart and obviously honored to be the chair and wish everybody a happy holiday. Well, well said. I think I'm going to cut that into an ad. So it's a, it's a good invitation as people are listening to uh, you know, go to our website, cobrt.com. We welcome additional partnerships with folks who are, who share our ideology that business is a force for good. And we've got a great team. And I, and I second that, that sentiment, Dave, like our momentum is fabulous. I'm honored that you're the chair and that our, that our board has such optimism and energy as we jump into 2021. So it's, it's going to be great. Thanks a lot. <laughs> Thank you. And thanks everyone for joining us. This has been a podcast with Colorado Business Roundtable. This has been a presentation of the Colorado Business Roundtable. Be sure to check out all of our episodes on Podcatchers Everywhere at cobrt.com. Our technical producer is John Ekstrom and Deaf Communications. Thank you for listening to Profits and Purpose.